0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the bread, I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to cross back. I gotta keep resting on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It's not God's will for us to be defeated. It's not. It's not God's will for us to be down. It's His will for us to overcome. The Bible says whatever is born of God is an overcomer. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Go ahead and set out loud, class. I'm born of God. Born of God. And, I am and, I am and I am an overcomer. An overcomer. More, than More than a conqueror in this world, in this, world, in this life, in this life. Greater, is he greater is he who is in me, who is in me. than he that's in the world. world. I am am victorious. victorious. I am am born of God. God. I am am an overcomer. overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's important to say things like this out loud, to say it with conviction, to say it because you believe it. And Jesus is called the apostle and high priest of our confession, of what we say. He, he's able to work with what you say, things like this that agree with His Word, in your life. So give Him something to work with today, right? Not just during this class, but all day long, <clears throat> anything comes up, especially a challenge or an issue, uh, don't just be silent through it. Check your heart, and the Lord will show you what to say and declare it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Declare it, and confess it, and say it, and the Lord will work with what you say. If you will say what He said, He will do what you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say what He said. Well, uh, go with me, if you would, today to Hebrews, the third chapter. Uh, We've been on this for some time now. uh, A series that we're calling overcoming unbelief. And our main texts are here in Hebrews 3 and also in 1 Corinthians 10. So let's begin reading in Hebrews 3, 7. It says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation or testing in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years. Here he's describing what we've been studying about how God delivered his first covenant people out of Egyptian bondage. And his plan was to take them into Canaan's land, the promised land that flowed with milk and honey. But they would not agree with him. They would not work with him. And they kept trying to test him. But it was they who were failing the test. Notice he said, uh, your fathers tempted me. Or that same word can be translated tested. They tested me. And uh, verse 10, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. We know from other scriptures like Hebrews 11 that one of his ways is faith that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Another word for faith is trust. And so with God, faith and trust in Him is not optional. It is required. And without it, you can't, you can't please Him. It's impossible to please Him. Well, one of the things that pleases Him is Him being able to do for us what He wants to do in our life. Our needs being met, us people being saved, people being restored, kept, healed, all of these things. And when it comes to faith, it is central throughout the Word of God. And you see, according to the Scriptures, our salvation, our eternity, our success in this world, our Deliverance, our victory, all of these things are connected to our faith. And man, if that's true, and that's what the Bible reveals, it should be important to us too. And we should find out what it is and how to uh, grow in it, how to develop in it, which is why we have faith school. So uh, keep reading, said, uh, They always err in their heart, they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now we may see more about this in a bit, but here he he calls unbelief evil. And you'll see that Uh, In Scripture, the Bible talks about two different kinds of unbelief. One is what we'd call ignorant unbelief. Paul said this, that the things he did, persecuting the church and, and all those things, he said, I did it, the Lord, he said, the Lord had mercy on me because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And so he was in unbelief, but it was because of what he didn't know. He didn't see, he didn't understand. But this is not talking about that. This is talking about why it's called evil. You'll see what I I call unpersuadable unbelief. It's not that they didn't know. They had seen his ways. They had seen they had had opportunity after opportunity, but they would not be persuaded. No matter how many miracles they saw, no matter how much they heard or understood, that's what the scripture calls Evil, evil unbelief. How many already know in your heart and mind you do not want any part of that? Is that right? No, said out loud, I am not a heart of unbelief. I refuse to be unpersuadable with God's things. Now, you know, uh, Jesus talked about this. He actually upbraided and, and reproved his disciples because they were what he called, slow to believe. You know, when he had been raised from the dead and and, and the women saw him and and some other men saw him and they had told him and they were like, several of them were like, Thomas, no, I'm not going to believe unless I see, unless I feel. Well, when he saw them, the Bible said he upbraided them. That's a strong word. He really corrected them about being so uh, slow to believe. When it comes to the things of God, we shouldn't be slow to believe. We should be quick to believe. Is that right? Because with God, He's never going to tell you something wrong, and He's never going to fail you. Now, with people, a lot of times you need to be slow to believe. (laughs) I'm telling you. But with God, you want to, if He says it, yes, that's right, immediately believe. We believers, uh, those that receive well, they are quick to repent, quick to believe, quick to receive, quick to obey. I'm talking about God, quick to believe God, quick to repent when the Lord shows you something you need to change, quick to receive from God, quick to obey God. Said out loud, "I I purpose. I purpose. Not to be slow to to believe. believe. Not to be be hard-hearted. But to be be tender-hearted. And as concerned God, God, concerning the things of God, God, I purpose, I I choose, I will will. be quick to repent, quick to to believe, Quick believe. quick quick to receive, Quick to, obey, quick to obey and I will be blessed. Will be blessed. Hallelujah. 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 Quick to believe, quick to repent, quick to obey. That's you. Amen. Amen. That's me. He said take heed. That's that's a warning. Lest there be in any of you this evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's Instead of coming to God, that's going away from God. And he said, Exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There is a hardness that accompanies unbelief. The more unbelief you yield to, the harder you get. And the duller you get, the duller your understanding gets. And he said, the deceitfulness of sin. Well, to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, the Bible said that's sin. And so this, this is all tied together. He goes on to say, we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Now see, he has said that, what, three plus times, just in the last few verses, don't harden yourself like they did. Don't have an uh, evil heart of unbelief, stubborn, can't be persuaded, won't listen, won't receive any correction, won't, won't receive to be taught. That kind of thing got them destroyed. That kind of thing robbed them of the promised land and the blessings of God. And he's warning us today in the New Testament, saying, don't let this happen to you. Which is why we're talking about it. Because it's not going to happen to us. By the grace of God, we're not going to be foolish like this. We're not going to be hardened, and unbelieving, and unteachable, and unpersuadable. He said, uh, verse 15, Today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. See, the hardening of the heart was in refusing to hear what he said. He said, uh, if you will hear his voice. And and that includes the idea of hearing and heeding. Hearkening, the scripture says, and doing. That you would hear it, just just what we got through saying, quick to believe it. And if we need to make a change, quick to repent. And if he told us to do something, quick to do it, quick to obey. If you'll receive it, if you'll hear it, don't harden your heart because that's the opposite of being obedient. He went on to say, With whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. This is that unbelief we're talking about. So we see that they could not enter in. Talking about the promised land. Why? Because God wasn't ready for them to go in? No. Because the giants were too big? The walls were too thick? No. Because they were, you know, not fully equipped and not a trained army and they didn't have enough equipment? No, no. None of those things kept them out. Because the same God that got them out of Egypt, they didn't get themselves out of Egypt. God got them out. If He could do all that, He could get them into the promised land, right? But he never could convince them of it. He couldn't persuade them of it. Every time some kind of challenge or issue came up, they started crying and blaming each other and blaming Moses and Aaron and saying we're all going to die out here. That's evil unbelief. When you've seen what God can do and you've experienced what God can do, And then another issue comes up and you just fall apart and act like you don't even know God and act like you've never had an answered prayer. That's being a dummy, right? A big dummy. And it's worse than that. That's allowing the enemy to steal from you and rob because they wandered around out there in a dry place, desolate desert until they all got old, that first generation, and died out. And that was never the perfect will of God. Never. It was their choice to die out there, instead of enjoy the blessings of God. Now, why are we talking about that? Because the scripture tells us these things are examples for us. Go to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, please. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10. Thank God for His Word. The answers are here. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, He said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, were all baptized to Moses in the cloud in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual uh, food, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, or accompanied them, or was with them, and that rock was Christ, the Anointed One. Now he's describing what we've been studying, that's recorded in, uh, you know, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, how God, in keeping His word and promise to His covenant friend Abraham. You remember when they, uh, God told him to prepare the animals and and that he, they were going to enter into a covenant, and, and God came down in fire and walked between the pieces of the sacrificial animal and entered into a covenant with Abraham. And one of the things he told him is that his descendants would be captives in a foreign land. He even gave him the exact time, 430 years. Now, you know, uh, four plus centuries before this happened, uh, that what we're talking about now, their deliverance. God told Abraham, and he told him that he would deliver them. He made a commitment to his friend Abraham, covenant partner Abraham, that he would deliver his offspring and seed out of that bondage. And the scripture tells us that the day they left... The day they left was exactly the 430 years that God said. Now see, who could have predicted that uh, except somebody who knew the end from the beginning? Is that right? And this Bible is full of things like that. And for people to scoff at it and mock at it and, and call it mythology and every other kind of thing reveals that they are lost people. Are you listening? If you don't respect the Word of God, you don't respect God. If you don't respect Him, you are not saved. You know, it's, uh, it's sad that people are so confused and so ignorant about these things. You'll hear a lot of times people talking about at somebody's funeral, well, they're in a better place, you know, they went to heaven, and maybe they believed in some false God or some false idol or didn't believe in anything. People act like everybody when they die goes to heaven. That's not what this book says. That's not what the Bible says. The scripture says there's salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Christ, the head of the church. If you you want to say, well, I, I, I don't believe all that. Well, you're an unbeliever. You're just what we're talking about. You're an unbeliever and you'll be robbed. And what's sad is many will be robbed of eternal life. Now there's a lot of things you could be robbed of down here, and that doesn't affect you eternally, but to be robbed of eternal life is the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being. If you've never accepted Jesus, you should do it. And you should do it right now. Because this world's a dangerous place. You're not guaranteed the rest of the day or tomorrow. They they tell us that there are, with the billions on the planet right now, that every second almost, two people die somewhere across the planet. So there's 150, 160,000 every 24 hours. In the time I've been talking, two more every second. Well, uh, you know, the Lord tarries is coming. Uh, One of these days, it'll be you leaving. It'll be me leaving. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? I've heard people say, well, I I hope so. You know, I hope I've been good enough. If that's what you're counting on, you're lost. If you're counting on you've done enough good things, you've been good enough, you will not be saved. You will not go to heaven if that's what you're counting on. No, there's only one God, one Father and God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. The God of Elijah. And Elisha, the God of David, the God of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you think we're just a bunch of uh, religious nuts, well, uh, one of these days you're going to find out if it was true or not. Don't let it be too late. Don't forget about trying to reason and rationalize everything with your head. Check your heart. Check your heart. Does this sound right to your heart? Does something in your heart tell you, yes, there is a God, yes, the salvation of man is in his Son, Jesus? Confess and receive him right now if you believe that. Everybody, uh, affirm or reaffirm your faith. Said out loud, Father God, Father God, I do believe in you. I, in I know in my heart, I know in my heart. You, are real, you are real, and I choose to believe. And I, your son and I accept your Son as the salvation of mankind. As the salvation of mankind. And I receive, and I receive what, he has done what He has done in offering Himself up, offering himself up in, my place. in my place. I receive, I receive forgiveness, forgiveness and cleansing and, cleansing and washing. And washing. I, receive I receive eternal life. Eternal life. I, receive I receive your Holy Spirit your Thank you, thank you. For, saving me. for saving me. Praise God. Lift your hands you, up Lord. and give thanks to the Lord. Lift your hands up. You. Oh, if you did that for the first time, your entire eternity just changed. If you came back to God, now you are secure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank, you, Lord. You. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you want, to, uh, you want to let others know what happened to you. And you want to tell your, your family and your friends and your co-workers so that they don't wind up being lost. There's only one way to God, this book says, Jesus said. And it's by Him. It's by Christ Jesus what He has done. Hallelujah. Uh, keep reading here in 1 Corinthians 10. He said they drank of the same drink, ate the same food. Verse 5, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after things as they also lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day. 3 and 20,000, neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Uh, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all of those things that he mentions, they are wrong, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just the fornication that caused them to perish in the desert. It wasn't just the occasion of tempting Christ. It wasn't even just the multiple occasions of murmuring and complaining against God and, and Moses and Aaron. They could have repented at any point. Can you see this class? Yes. They could have repented and God would have forgiven them and would have spared them and helped them. But the reason we're still talking about this and the reason why these passages in the New Testament keep warning us, this unpersuadableness can put you in a place where nobody can help you. Nobody can save you. The proverb said that a person that's been often reproved but hardens their heart and stiffens their neck said they'll suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Well, what does that mean? God can help you out of anything. There's nothing too hard for Him. Right? There is not. You can't get in a situation He can't get you out of. You can't be in a situation that He's not bigger than. But if you won't listen to Him, if you won't believe Him, if you won't trust Him, if you won't obey Him, Then you put yourself in a place where even he can't help you. What do you mean he can't help you? Well, he'd have to override his own word and take you over and control you and make you do something against your will. He said he's not going to do that and he won't do that. So if he can't, if he he won't break his own word, then you put him in a place where he can't help you. Because you won't listen to him. And that's what happened here. It said they, with many of them, God wasn't well pleased. Now we know one thing that was uh, visibly lacking. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he wasn't pleased with them. So there was no trust through all of this. There was no trust in God. There was no faith in God. And he said... uh, All these things, verse 11, happen to them for examples. They're written for our admonition. It's it's sad that nowadays a lot of church-going people completely ignore the Old Testament. They act like it has nothing to do with them. It's not applicable. It's all passed away. And that is absolutely not true. All you got to do is see how much of the Old Testament is quoted in the New Testament. (laughs) The writers of the New Testament assume you know the Old Testament and they keep referring to it continually. Why? Because it is the unchanging Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His words will never pass away. God hasn't changed. His Word hasn't changed. Our covenant has changed. Our access to Him has changed. We're not made righteous now by keeping the law. We're made righteous by our faith in what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. But God hasn't changed. He's never changed. And everything He's ever said is still true, still right, still good, still just and fair. He said, uh, they're written for our examples uh, upon whom the ends of the world are come wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall and this is New Testament right this is First Corinthians right into the church at Corinth and so um, said out loud Father God, Father God teach, me about this. teach me about this open my eyes, open my eyes. Help, me help me to see what happened to them those who were stubborn those unbelieving, who were robbed and failed to receive, that I may know and understand and not let it happen to me, praise God. Well, uh, our time is up, but we got through our text, so uh, (laughs) come back tomorrow and we'll go further into this. We'll see you back here soon in Faith School.